You are listening to the Shit You Can't Make Up podcast, a conversation with friends, hosted by Marisol Sanchez. Hey, it's Marisol. Um, thank you for tuning in. And this week, I have a special friend guest, uh, Nicole. Did you say you were okay with your last name? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole Lancaster, um, who is someone I got to know through the yoga world. And we'll talk a little bit about that. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I'm so thankful to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is funny because the theme of today's uh, blog and podcast is gratitude. So I immediately thought of you um, when I really, let me back up. So my last two posts have been really heavy, like kind of a little bit dark, vulnerable about my past. Um, so I was like, I'm not doing that this week. I just, I need a, I need a break. Yeah, uh, so I'm like, yeah, what can I focus on? And then I, I wanted to focus on things that actually work for me. And so one of the things that worked for me is um, my gratitude practice, which is something that I've had for a few years um, that's evolved and changed. And you, unbeknownst to you, um, you changed a direction in my life. Mm. It's crazy how that happens, isn't it? But you were doing some massage work on me, some body work, and it was in the middle of my very contentious divorce. And you were just, and you said, you were rubbing my shoulders, and it was more the tone of your voice than what you said. I don't remember exactly the words, but it was something like, girl, you need to flip the page. You're in the past. I've heard the story before. Move on. (laughs) (laughs) But it it wasn't as like that, but that was the message I got. Mm -hmm. And I took, I went, I left that session, and I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of the story. I'm tired of the being a victim. You know, it was, it, I'm making that sound very simple, but it was really a big moment for me. Cause I was like, it's not only my divorce, it was my childhood. It was, so it took me down this road where I'm like, shit, yeah. I need to do some self analysis. <laughs> so, um, thank you for that. Yes. So tell me like what you, how did you end up Doing like body work, getting into yoga, crystals. Well, I actually had a career in retail. And I started that career in Beverly Hills working when I was very young. And I moved to North Carolina when I was about 21, 22. And did retail for another couple of years, but then I had basically a huge life change myself. I quit drinking, which was not a simple thing. It sounds simple now, but it was definitely like you experienced something simple created a turning point. I didn't know how much my life would change when I did that. So I could only work in corporate retail for another year or so after I quit drinking. Is there a lot of drinking in in the retail business? Or? No, there was a lot of drinking in Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that I think that alcohol as self-medication had done for me was dampen my conscience. And that's really what brought my drinking career, if you will, to an end. And when I stopped self-medicating and dampening my conscience and consciousness, 
I woke up to some things in corporate retail that just didn't jive with the way that I was discovering my values, what I discovered in my values and became aware of. So I went to work in non-corporate retail, but I also started working for a friend of mine who is a great hairstylist and still in that line of work now. And I just did shampoos and wash towels and answered phones. And I had always worked for an hourly wage, but in that line of work, I got tips and I discovered pretty quickly that people loved my shampoos. And I started hearing from his clients, you should be a massage therapist. And I had no idea even what that was. I grew up in suburban Maryland outside of D.C. and never had gotten a massage before in my life and had no idea that this thing even existed. But I was good with my hands, apparently, and I got great tips. And then it rolled downhill to him. His clients said, she's amazing. And so he would tip me. So really money (laughs) was a huge factor in driving me to even become interested in massage therapy. So... Jumping forward, eventually I did an apprenticeship and started practicing massage therapy, which eventually became my more full-time career. I've got to say, though, your massages are – I I wouldn't describe – it's like body work. Yes. It's more than like for, you know, a typical, mm-hmm. you know, go Swedish. to your – Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's you will work on me and then you'll say – the name of my blog is shit you can't make up, so I curse mm-hmm. a lot. You will say shit that I'm like blown away, like what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you pick up, I want to say energy, mm-hmm. which is something that I'm kind of becoming comfortable with myself. That I pick up energy from people. Like I, I am starting to be comfortable saying that. I think it's something I've always been able to do, but now I'm like, yeah, I can do it. <laughs> so, right. and I think that's what comes across when you've don't work on me. Um, I mean, I remember cause I went, I, when I was going to you, it was really at the, like the height of the, uh, court battles with my divorce and stuff like that. And you were picking up on stuff that wasn't the basic stuff like, Oh, you're stressed or you're having a bad cup. You were like, you need, you got to get rid of that story. You, you keep repeating the same patterns. You're, you're like, you were putting it on me. Whereas I was like, putting it on my ex or the lawyers or something. And that was a big moment for me. Like I, I've said you know, before. So I thank you for that. So yes. gratitude. gratitude. <laughs> um, it's funny you said something about consciousness because in my blog, which I know you haven't read yet, um, I talk about how I feel where I am right now as I'm working on my subconscious. Like I'm, I feel that I've finally gotten to a point consciously I'm present for the most part. I'm aware. Um, and I'm good. I can be good. I'm not Zen-like all the time. I'm not, you know, by far, uh, not Buddha or anything, you know, calm all the time. My kids will tell you that immediately. <laughs> um, but I'm present. I'm, I, if I start to feel anxiety, if I start to feel sadness, or I can look around and look at my senses and be like consciously aware these feelings aren't real. Mm. That's my monkey brain. That's, it's powerful. So I, that's great. The subconscious part is hard as fuck. <laughs> and that, what my mystery. Stu- <laughs> well, my studies have kind of taken me to back to that victimhood mentality of these are the imprints I got from in vitro to seven, um, unloved, not worthy, 
so on. And that's what still comes up for me in my personal relationships. Um, I think I'm much healthier than where I was, definitely, no doubt. Still working on the subconscious part, breaking those patterns that, you know, are fucking hard to do. <laughs> but I'm doing it slowly. The mm-hmm. blog and the podcast, I think, is part of that, is, um, is helping me along that. Did you ever do any subcon like working with? Well, that's really, you know, when I tell that story about how I got into this line of work, I briefly covered the idea that, you know, I basically was an alcoholic. I didn't start drinking till I was about 15, which is late for some people who are alcoholics, but I was medicating. I was self-medicating. I drank for the first time and was like, what? This is awesome. But that implies, and what's true is that I was, I, I always felt like there was something wrong with me. So when I quit drinking, at first it was like, great, because I wasn't going to get another DUI <laughs> if I wasn't drinking, right? Skin's so my skin was good. <laughs> Everything felt a little bit better. I dropped the bloat, the puffiness that comes from drinking excessive amounts every single day. But about a year after that, I had a nervous breakdown because all of the things that I had been shoving into my down, down, um, and uh, denying or avoiding or maybe not being aware of slowly bubbled to the surface and then erupted like a volcano. And I was suicidal. I quit my job very irrationally. And my mom was sick at the time and that helped create a stress that made me probably more vulnerable and more susceptible to that volcano going off. So it was after that, that I got on an antidepressant so that I could remain alive. (laughs) And for a period of time, I began to work with a a shrink, but I also had started going to a 12-step program. And that is when I'm 48 now, I'll be 49 this year. When did, when, how old were you? So I was 23 when I quit drinking, 24 with the nervous breakdown. And um, so I have been not drinking for 20 some years now. I don't even know what I'm counting for. Sometimes I count. Do you kind of think it's a blessing that that happened to you so young? Yes, I think it's karmic. Yeah. Definitely a blessing. Nothing that I did to deserve it that I'm aware of. And in fact, it felt terrible at the time. It was a terrible crisis. You know, my life got to that crisis point. Like you're saying, things can get so out of control that there's a crisis and then it's hard in the moment to cultivate any sense of appreciation or gratitude for it. But looking back that hindsight is 2020 and I can see that that breakdown on my part was actually the beginning of an awareness rebuilding. And then my life began to be rebuilt and it's had that unraveling at different times. And that is all related to consciousness and things kind of bubbling to the surface and then dealing with them. And then just that process over and over because I'm a little jealous that um, well I'm a little jealous that it didn't happen to me sooner it would have been great to have this awareness when I was younger be mm-hmm. comfortable and I didn't even look people in the eyes you know I, I just the lack of self-worth that I had I existed mm-hmm. I functioned I didn't I didn't experience I didn't live I um I think I look back down it's like oh it's, it's just you know, I just want to hug the little inner child and I just want to like get a little annoyed that I wasted all those years just medicating, 
I mean, mm-hmm. I was on. <laughs> I, there's a story I've said before um, on the podcast. I mean, I knew I had a problem. I knew the, the turning point was I was in New York with a friend of mine, and we're about to have a meal, and I start to take out all my prescription, you know, drugs, and I, I was on a on a what's that called hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. It started out with an antidepressant, then it was anti-anxiety, and then it was this and that. And if you looked at my life, there should have been no reason for any of that. Three beautiful children home, safety, you know, resources. There was no need for me to feel like shit constantly. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't external. It wasn't anyone's fault. You know, when I look at my divorce now, it's like, I feel badly for my ex-husband. Like, dude, that wasn't going to happen. Regardless <laughs> of who that person was, I was going to break down to rebuild. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that helped me, that continues to help me is, you know, my gratitude practice. I have a practice that I do not, I do it consistently now, but when I get depressed, it's the only times that I'm not practicing it. Um, which is, you know, I wake up after I take my kids to school, sit down and I write, I have a journal and I write five to 10 things I'm grateful for. And it varies, you know, and it's not hard for me anymore. In the beginning it was like, I felt like inauthentic to, to be grateful. Now it's just easy. And it's just a, I think just a great way to live because yes. it just changes. It shifts. If you practice it and you practice it and you practice it, it shifts. And then when something bad happens, which will happen because that's the life, life is up and down. You can't see my hand motions. <laughs> it's wave-like. <laughs> it's a wave-like motions. It's up and down. I, I believe I give my gratitude practice um, – it allows me not to be as reactive. Because I know now if I can get to a point where I'm grateful for whatever situation just occurred, I'm good. I let it go. It's in the past. Move on. Um, do you have any gratitude practices that you? I definitely have done the practice that you're describing. And what I would say is that you spoke a little bit earlier to me, not sure if it was while we were recording or not, but um, about the idea of being able to pick up on certain energies and the subtle energies and gratitude. The energy of gratitude has its own vibe. And then we start talking. It sounds yeah. a little out there. You can't see my air quotes either, <laughs> but it sounds a little out there, but really you're talking about developing over time, a more grateful vibe, which has a high vibration, which in general uh, gives you more energy. It has more energy than to be in the energy of depression or anger or victimhood. So over time, we begin to develop an energy that is more appreciative, more grateful. And so we'll draw to us experiences which mirror that. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I put in my notes here, one of the questions I want to get in, which we can just get into right now is woohoo. I I saw this (laughs) in some video. Um, and they define woohoo as all that spiritual, you know, the crystals, the yoga, the, you know, anything that is not of our Western mentality that maybe people practice. Um, and so I wanted to talk to you about that because you do, you have crystals, um, that you sell. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I'm comfortable. I've always been comfortable, I think, with woohoo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, first, because I used to be an atheist. So it was very easy for me to disconnect from, you know, the 
uh, imprint of this is the only way that's good. Um, but also because growing up being in uh, Spanish culture, there's a lot of tarot, tarot, tarot card. Am I pronouncing that mm-hmm. right? Tarot, tarot card, card reading. readings, mm-hmm. um, psychics, you know, and the, the both varieties. Mm-hmm. But I've seen things at a young age that I couldn't explain, but I knew it was real. I knew something just happened. Some woohoo moment just occurred that <laughs> we had a woohoo moment <laughs> we when we had, came in here. We today. had a woohoo moment, um, which was. I, I didn't want to talk too much before we podcasted because you, then you forget what you said before and after. And some of the best moments happen um, organically. So, But I was looking at your stuff, and immediately I saw the same symbol that I have my tattoo, which the name of the blog post is the girl with the gratitude tattoo. <laughs> there it is. And I saw the – and I asked how much was it, and it wasn't even meant to be something to be sold. It's, it's a prop, basically. <laughs> Um, and I'm like, that's a moment. That's a woo moment. A I was like, okay, this is all supposed to happen. I'm supposed to be here doing this podcast with you about gratitude. Um, I'm just getting comfortable with my woo That's not something most of my friends um, are are not in, in that world. Um, they're loving and they're not judgy. You know, they've seen me evolve. But I'm just getting comfortable with it, where um, the energy, the vibration, um, that it, I, can, I can acknowledge it. You know, it's not something I go around like, you know, I, <laughs> uh, but I can feel it. I, can, uh, I was talking to my daughter about Mean Girls, and um, she said something like, well, how do you know? And I'm like, it's just an energy. It's, it's, you know, we were talking about the specific person, and I was like, she... She asked me, and I was like, I, I, I just can feel it. I can, you know, I can see it in some way that, and that I, where I'm at now in my life is I realize it has nothing to do with me. That whatever she's got, that woman has going on in her life, that's mm-hmm. her. And that's right. Her issues are her own. So I'm personal to you. <laughs> it's like, I hope you get some woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> you, give, you throw some at her. I'll throw you some, some woo-woo. Um, but my, this is going to sound really um, weird, but my youngest is doing competitive cheerleading, which when she told me she wanted to do it, I was like rolling my eyes. It's been wonderful for her. She has all this energy and it gets worked down. She is on two teams. And when she's on, um, when she's flying, when she's the one getting flung up in the air, I feel I emit this um, anxiety of energy. It's I feel anxiety. And when I'm watching her, she doesn't do as well as if I'm not there. If it's the weekend that my ex husband's with her, she hits it. But if I, <laughs> you're literally putting off a wave that it, interrupts her total. And her even her, her coach said to me one um, recently, he's like, I could just tell in her face that you know something was off. And in my head, I didn't say this to him, but in my head, I'm like, yeah, I was there. And I'm not saying that in a victim way. I'm like, I feel, I feel the wave of like, because she's on the other team when she's not flying. I'm fine. I can watch that all day long. And you know, sure. <laughs> you're concerned. It's your job to be concerned yeah. for her well-being. But that energy, um, I'm feeling it more and more that I can, I can, and manipulate's not the word, but I feel it. You I feel it. Impact. You have an impact. And, you know, the funny thing is with the advance of technology, some people are for it, some people are against it. Even very natural people can sometimes be against the technology. But their science is developing 
such refined instruments that we can actually measure the emittance, the vibes that we put off. And so, yeah, there's uh, there's science science. is proving it now. That's exactly right. Behind it. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's so much we don't know. And I think if you come from a place of like, I know everything. And if it's not exactly the way, you know, it's we're programmed to believe it's woohoo. Like, you know what? Woohoo is more fun. Woohoo. Not more fun. It is more fun, but it's, it's just open. I don't know so much mm-hmm. that it makes me excited to figure, uh, try to figure it out. And I do, you know, there is science, there is data behind it. And I'm getting more metaphysical as I get, you know, older, as I'm trying, I'm doing all the studying and figuring out self-awareness. I'm like, you know, I could bring it to politics, which is another one of my things I blog about. You know, if you knew me back during the Bush years, I would be losing my shit right now. Mm. I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. truly not losing my shit over Trump. And my friends are like, what the fuck? And I'm Wake like, up! <laughs> Why aren't you furious? And I'm like, I firmly believe from the core, this is all metaphysical. Everything that's happening, Brexit, Trump, but has I did everything I could do to, you know, wish my candidate to win. They didn't. And I just feel like I, I have to observe it and watch it from a distance, but it, it's not affecting me. It's not affecting my day to day. It's like um, one of the greatest impacts that we see in political history is that of Gandhi and Gandhi through his spiritual practice. I mean, many, many books, many studies have been done literally helped to free India, the whole of India from British reign. Same thing happened with Martin Luther King Jr. in terms of the civil rights movement. There were many, many workers, but he is the figurehead, and he was a religious or a spiritual or woo-woo figurehead. And it was these practices, when you really start to study, what was the practice? What was the what was behind the study behind the theories behind the work that they did on the political scale was actually had to do with faith and it had to do with a spiritual practice. And those are things that I go back to again and again, while the action that we take is not direct, the action that we take to do what you're talking about, cultivate um, an energy or an outlook or a perspective of appreciation or gratitude, whether it looks good or looks bad in an instant. A lot of people thought, oh my God, when we woke up that morning and Trump was elected, I mean, so many of us just palm to the forehead, what happened we were in shock and we could stay in shock we can be angry we can protest that's one way of doing things or we can harness our own energies become aware if i'm putting out negativity if i'm putting out hatred then i've gotten bitten i've gotten drawn into that negativity that we're kind of judging or observing in trump and in his people that we we don't want to have anything to do with So I have control over my own energy. And if I am motivated and dedicated to my own practice of the cultivation of appreciation of a positive mental attitude, I'm having an impact whether I see it directly or not. I I believe it. I, um, when I woke up that morning, I was in shock. I was Mm -hmm. in, I kind of saw where it was going, you know, whatever time at night. And I went to, I, I not, I didn't take one ambient, I took two. And then proceeded to have a phone conversation with my ex-brother-in-law for 45 minutes, which I remember nothing about. Um, for better or worse. Not, not the most brilliant of uh, moves. But 
I was uh, I was in shock. Um, you know, I went to the beach. I cried. Some stuff was going on in my house with my kids, and I was kind of dealing with that. But I wrote this post called um, Whiny Ass Bitches, which is actually one of the most read posts on the blog. And I, I was referring to liberals, and I consider myself a liberal, because it instantly the, you know, not my president hashtag, all that stuff coming, kept coming up. And I'm like, I, I totally relate to you eight years ago, or however many years ago. God, I'm old. It's 16, been a long 16, time. <laughs> just, just dated myself. Sixteen years ago, I would I would be there. I would be that woman. Where I'm at today was like, this is beyond my control. There's I, and I believe there's like a biblical verse: um, "Love beget, begets love." And talking to your points about Gandhi and um, Martin Luther, what? There's a great quote, something like, if there's a protest for love, I'm there. Like, whatever. A demonstration. A demonstration for, yeah. What energy you throw out is what's going to come back. Um, So that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, you know. (laughs) That's freedom. You know, we're really talking about the liberation of your spirit. It is. And when we awaken to the reality and the truth that we actually have a choice mm-hmm. about how we're going to feel, what kind of an attitude we're going to present. This is, these are precious moments yeah. that right there is like this ignition mm-hmm. to, um, to an engine that is really, if you're talking about during the changes that have happened for you in the last couple of years, maybe since we had that appointment that you're talking about, mm-hmm. I would say that you probably see the effects of this awakening in many, many areas of your life. Yeah, I mean, do I, for me to write, for me to put myself out on a podcast, to do things, not um, just do it freely, be vulnerable, just share my shit and be like, you know, if it helps, great, it's helping me. <laughs> That's right. And it's it's going well, it's doing, you know, I, I feel like, okay, I'm doing what I want to be doing mm-hmm. or what I'm supposed to be doing. And you feel maybe passionate about it, and that passion itself is part of what gets it out there. It gets, gets you to step out of your comfort zone. Yeah, and um, so I, I'm definitely getting more comfortable with my, my woohoo's been with me for a while, but I haven't shared it. I'm not like out and proud <laughs> <laughs> with it yet. Um, I think my kids are the have been the first to to really notice it based on the things I say at home and. Um, they have an interesting vantage point that the twins who are 15 were raised by me prior to all this um, evolve. Mm-hmm. Evolution. Mm-hmm. Evolution of me. Um, you know, the atheist, the angry liberal. <laughs> um, and then the youngest, you know, her and I meditate together. We pray together. We're, we're, we just have a total, and my daughter, my oldest daughter will be like, she's just being raised so differently. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, um, you know, but it's it's where I'm at, and I'm, I'm happy with it. So. Yeah, it's their karma. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's karma, your kids, whether um, they know it or not. So um, I have two more quick questions, and then we'll wrap it up. Um, one of the things in this evolution is that I've experienced is that there's definitely no – there's a – yoga. Um Mind, body, spirit, the three. Mm-hmm. You can't cut one out. You're not going to be whole. Um, 
that cemented for me with the uh, realizing I needed a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was on my knees crying, praying, and then having that whole inner thought of like, why are you praying? You're not, <laughs> you've rejected this for twice of, you know, and then realize I missed it. I missed something. I missed that connection to myself, which is where I believe, you know, the source is. It's in all of us. It's in the, just walk outside on a beautiful day, barefoot on the grass. There's, there's my religion. You know, mm -hmm. that's how the easiest way I can explain it. Um, but for years, that spiritual part, I completely denied and um so just your thoughts on that do you do you um, see that disconnect in, in like our western culture between the mind body or spirit like they might have a spiritual practice but yeah i i just call it kind of a compartmentalization um many of us whether we're raised in religion or spirituality or not even someone who is raised strongly to believe um that god is and that all of the earth is created by this power. Um, we can still have strong compartments where we don't feel whole, where we cannot take care of the body, or we just think that we're bits and pieces. It really has to do with that, what they call the Newtonian principle, that the body is a machine, that um, you can take it apart and the whole thing will still move. And it doesn't really account for the life force, which is a more quantum is the word that I hear used for that now, where we understand that there's quantum mechanics. There is some element that's beyond what we can uh, harness or contain or cut apart. Like if you cut apart a body, you're going to destroy it, right? You can start cutting off your arms and your legs and you know, yeah. you get down to like the very smallest point. You've destroyed it. But there's this life force that is really the source. I always think of myself as an emanation of this source, like a flame, you know, that there's this internal flame that's burning and I'm not the creator of the flame, but I do have the creative energy. So the practice of yoga is something that starts to bring an awareness. We're taught to focus, to breathe, and to move in a particular way. And over time, that brings a deepened awareness of ourselves as something beyond just the physical just the mental mm -hmm. so i think that goes without saying yeah i mean smarter people than than me probably you two have wait, studied wait, wait, this wait. For you're, 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 you're <laughs> you saw the look on my face when you went quantum I'm like, I'm not there yet. <laughs> many many smarter people than you and and me than i um, have studied this for their entire lifetimes and devoted their lives to it. So it's safe to say that I can trust the study that we are uh, mind, body, spirit. There are those parts to us and that we're still discovering. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the unknown, what we don't know. Yeah. That keeps us open-minded. We're teachable then. Yeah. You know, we don't think we know it all. We haven't cut ourselves off from the ability to learn in the moment and learn and become something different and new. Yeah, I find it it's helped me in so many different ways. When even I'll go to a doctor or a therapist or something or whatever and they start or an acupuncturist or something and they try to start explaining and I'm like, you don't have to explain, just do your thing. I trust you. I <laughs> we'll see where it goes. I, it's like an openness to like let's and that's worked for me really mm -hmm. well. Um Okay, and I'll give you a couple seconds and I'll edit it out to think about this. But the way I wanted to end um, 
the podcast is the name of the podcast is shit you can't make up and the way it came to be was i would be at book club let's say we'd read some books with you know some mommy issue or daddy issue and i always could one up the fucking story like it was like shit you cannot make up like oh yeah this happened or you know so that's when i said it so many times i'm like okay it was like around me i'm like i need to get this you know url shit <laughs> <laughs> um so do you Take a second and think of a story, a shit you can't make up story about your life. Like okay. you just can't make up. There's one that's just phenomenal. And it really was a turning point for my life. I lived and worked um, in LA. I mentioned that I came into retail when I lived out in Los Angeles. And I was really strung out. There were a lot of substances and um, I was far from home. And I was young and I was pretty much running from who I was. So there was a lot of alcohol and some drugs and um, just a lot of kind of reckless behaviors, I'll say. And one night I had gone out to a club. I guess I was 21. I had gone out to a club, stayed out all night, definitely had consumed alcohol, and I was just wrecked. I used to think of myself like I hadn't really been drunk if I could remember what happened. So I really couldn't remember what happened. So I guess I was really drunk. <laughs> maybe other things too. I had to be at work, I think maybe at nine o'clock in the morning. And I had gone out the night before and it was the age, the eighties, late eighties, early nineties of really matte red lipstick. And I have really naturally curly hair. So I think I had gone maybe swimming the night before. So my hair was like huge. I couldn't get the lipstick off my lips. And I was wearing some really crazy outfit, cowboy boots, steel-toed cowboy boots, ripped up jeans, some jacket that belonged to my friend whose name was Spanky and it had her name and like glittery letters on the back. And I came to, because I can't call it waking up, I came to like, <gasps> and I didn't know where I was. And I saw that it was light out, but I didn't know what time it was. This is way before the days of cell phones. So I just looked down. I was happy because my boots were still on and I figured uh, my... <laughs> my um, chastity was safe because I still had my clothes on even though they were slightly damp so I hope that that was from swimming and I just got up I walked around this house that I didn't recognize walked outside and started looking around in LA everything moves down from the Hollywood Hills it goes down to Wilshire and you can walk up Wilshire to Beverly Hills so I just started walking and I was up in the hills and I just started walking down the hill and every once in a while I think I was still drunk but I um, would have to sit down and just gather myself. I didn't know whether I wanted to cry or I just was numb. I just was vibrating, just kind of hung over and probably DTing a little bit. Eventually I made it down to Wilshire and by that time things had started to bustle. So I sat down somewhere on Wilshire Boulevard to kind of collect myself before I started walking down toward Beverly Hills, which was maybe 20 minutes walk away from where I was. And someone came up to me, a man came up to me and asked me if, um, how to get to someplace. And so I pointed him in the right direction and he said, thank you. And started to walk away. And I started to walk away. And then he's like, well, are you going in that direction? And I said, I am. He offered me a ride. I said, no, he offered me a ride again. And my hungover weakened state, I said, okay, well, to make a long story short, this person drove me up into the hills in a very deserted road and some bad stuff could have happened. Some threats were made. And I remember feeling 
this is the shit you can't make up, because we can all believe that stuff, right? <laughs> I remember beginning to feel like waking up, coming to, and from deep within me, as this man was making these threats and kind of grabbing the back of my head and kind of starting to rough me up a little bit, I remember this deep sense that this was not going to happen. And I said out loud, and it felt like the foundations of the earth said this through me. I just said, no, like that. And within a split second, in the rearview mirror of the car, I saw some movement and a car on this deserted road, a car was pulling up behind us. So I looked at him, I reached for the door, I opened the door and stepped out. He sped away and this woman drove up and she said, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not okay. And she said, it's so weird. Get in, I'll I'll give you a ride. She had a little kid and she had been doing her laundry somewhere and she never went this way, but she decided to take the shortcut. And so here I was, something had led her to take the shortcut. I was about to get, who knows what happened, what could have happened to me. And she was there. So this whole, like the fabric of time and space totally shifted. This is a real story. And from that moment on, it really changed my whole perspective in life because I stopped believing in victimhood after that, because I was about to be a victim. I was kind of out of it. I had, was not in control of my circumstances. And, um, I really did on that day at that time start to believe that there's something bigger than me that was at work, that miracles happen, and that we have something to do with it, our perspective. And um, I wouldn't make that up. It's not a story I would make up, but it changed my life. And it was an awakening of sorts. Super powerful. Yeah. Just get chills. Yeah. That story. (laughs) It's a true story. And um, and many other things, what I call spiritual experiences, have happened. Um, And it's what makes life exciting. It's so much more exciting not that that was, it felt great at the time, but I mean, that's really living. I was really awake in that moment. Yeah. I, I love how you described it, like coming from source. It was beyond me, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's something I don't that shit think you can't happens make every day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much for doing this. This yeah. was awesome. I hope it, um, I hope there's something there that oh. appeals. You know what? It will. <laughs> You're like, it's going to work. It's going to work out. All right. Bye.